We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode five of Talk 4. Today we have Kinch on the podcast. Please introduce yourself. Hi, uh, I'm Kinch. <laughs> Yeah, so otherwise known as Kinch Analytics, I guess most people know me as. Yeah, tell us a bit about what you do for the Fortnite scene. Um, so basically, I'm known as like the data guy, I guess. Um, like I have a background in like maths and statistics, so kind of got into Fortnite just casually as a player, and then just started getting some data from the games posting on socials, grew a following from that. So yeah, I'm just kind of known as the guy who does maths and Fortnite, I guess. Yeah, so those of you who are watching this, this is the guy who, uh, you know, does all the estimates for the tournaments. Um, and, you know, when we say like, oh, how many points to the quality, it's always Kinch that has the answer. Uh, another thing, me and Kinch have actually met, we've been through a few Weatherspoons. Um, and were you in Sweden? Yeah, I went yeah. to DreamX Summer. Yeah, so, so yeah, I've met Kinch a lot of times, mate. We've had a lot of beers and uh, we've had a lot of fun. Today, we're going to be talking about, um, you know, like making a, you know, Kinch's career, making a career in the gaming industry, statistics, uh, a bit about Fortnite comp, you know, that that, that kind of stuff. So I think we should start it out with, um, did, did you have a list of stuff you wanted to speak about? We'll start with your list and then mine. Sure. Uh, I thought we could just talk a little bit about how I got into it, I guess, just Let's expanding on what I was saying just now. So... Yeah, basically, I'm. I have a degree in maths. Um, went through normal school system, liked maths a lot. Studied maths at uni, and then I went and got a job as a data analyst. Um, what What did you get in your maths? So, like what uh, grade at uni? Uh, uni two yeah. one. Okay, I got yeah. a two two by the way. So he's like he's like one step ahead of me on the maths front. <laughs> is that the same in di across different unis though no sure wait, wait, wait where did you go oxford oh shit okay i went exercise it's a few steps <laughs> it's a few steps yeah so i after uni like i was like oh maths degree what should i do don't know ended up being like a data analyst did some stuff in finance um and then in sports betting in and sports then, betting yeah like like predicting the outcome or yeah yeah of what uh, sort of like sports a... um i was working mostly on cricket oh fair enough that's great yeah. i didn't know that um and then 
yeah, I guess, yeah, I mean, I was still working at that when Fortnite was released and got into it casually just with my uh, friends and family and stuff, all just playing. I used to watch the comp scene from the start. And then maybe in 2020, start of 2020, I started looking at how I can grab some data from the game. Um, starting with like leaderboard stuff, writing some codes just to process stuff um, and posting it on the socials. Some of it was just random stats like I still do. Some was useful stuff. Um, like I think back in the day, like they didn't have cumulative leaderboards and stuff like that. Yeah. So there was some, there was there was a tournament. It was the ooh, what was it? Solo Invitational in twenty twenty, where they would have two days and you had to add your scores up from the two days to see who qualified yeah. the next round. And Fortnite did not provide a leaderboard for the cumulative score. And you <laughs> um, did. So yeah, I just grab. I literally just grabbed each day, obviously using a bit of code and stuff, and just added it added the numbers up and started posting it on Google Sheets. And yeah, people were like retweeting it around being like, this is where you can get the leaderboard. Started growing a following, you know, it grew. I think like that first weekend or something, it just went from like five followers to a thousand or something ridiculous like that. Really? So that really encouraged me just to like keep going. Yeah. And it seemed like I was able to help the community in different ways. Um, Do you remember when I first messaged yeah. you? It was about my stats no. coursework. <laughs> was it? I used to send, yeah, I used to send you so many messages asking you for help with my stats coursework. If we scroll up, it was like a H1, H0, that kind of hypothesis testing and stuff. Ah, um, right. Yeah, okay. I didn't have a clue, mate, but yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and then like 20, end of 2021, I think it was. Uh, yeah, like I was getting pretty bored of my full-time job. Um, basically ended up taking a bit of a leap of faith and left that and went full time into Fortnite. Yeah. Um, I was already like having little bits of income here and there, you know, from my own, uh, Kinch premium stuff and just looking around for bits of contract work. So just kind of made, made the leap and yeah. see how it goes really. And yeah. And, and yeah. Where, so where's your main source of income? Is it Kinch premium? So yeah, I mean, it's a mix. Um, yeah, Kinch Premium's one, and then um, just general contract work is the other main one, I'd say. What, what sort of contract work is that? Is that? Mm, in, I can't really say everything I'm working on. Yeah, but... <laughs> um, but it's, you know, things behind the scenes on tournaments, for example, helping with tournament production, statistical stuff on that. Yeah. And uh, also, like, orgs um, often want data basically oh really so, so they say yeah. like you know tell me a player or is it like asking for in player recruitment or in drop spots uh or? so usually for the players themselves that are in their orgs they want some stats for the players and yeah things to help them so for example a classic one would be like search thresholds yeah um, which nobody really ever publishes quite a few orgs reach out to me about that really um, interesting or they, or they just want their player stats you know what which zones were these players strong or weak in and stuff like that that's really interesting it's crazy how like this gaming industry there's just so many different jobs like who would have thought there's a job for like statistics i mean obviously there is but like you filled it through just you know taking a chance um, and putting yeah. you know applying your knowledge from your uni degree into... i mean the funny thing is that fortnite actually has less opportunities for stats and data stuff than other 
esports tend to. Why is that? Because what you, I mean, it's partly because the org scene is not as developed. Like the, it's not really run as a tier one esport. Right. Like super organized and all that. Like other, other esports like CS:GO, like any top team should have some sort of, you know, contractor data analyst to yeah. be feeding in all their player info for them. Yeah, for sure they will do. And that doesn't really exist in Fortnite. So I just provide when people want it here and there. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't really see it coming when I first started looking at this stuff in 2020. Yeah. Um, that was, and, yeah, very much a hobby. And it's just like, oh, that's cool. I've got a few hundred Twitter followers. Let's keep going. Yeah, and now you have how many on, on Twitter? 50-something uh, K, yeah. And you've also been... Um trying a YouTube channel. Let me just look up at YouTube, right? You've been, you started doing some YouTube analytics. Yeah. So I did, uh, YouTube videos last year. It, the long form videos have stopped for now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're looking at shorts now and TikTok stuff like that. So yeah, I see, but you were getting good views yeah. on the, on the long form videos, 85 K, 17 K, 26 K. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty good. Um, unfortunately, Google didn't like our account for some reason. So oh, so you couldn't get money? Yeah. You couldn't get monetized? Well, and that's why you stopped YouTube? Pretty much. Yep. Why, why can't you get monetized? They decided to demonetize us and never gave a proper reason and rejected all the appeals. So oh, how was that? That's interesting. Isn't it? There's nothing you well, can we, do about that, we, is there? we still have no idea. Yeah, that is, uh, that's it's annoying because that's game. like another source of revenue for someone, you know, in the yeah, scene. Yeah, it, it was... It was yeah, it was growing to the size where it could have been something, but that's okay. There's other opportunities out there, so yeah. work on those instead. So, yeah. talking about um, obviously education and gaming, are players getting the balance right? Can you go pro while still being in school? <laughs> yeah, I mean, thankfully, I never had this issue because I was terrible at gaming when I was when I was in a when I was a teenager. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, these days you see people like. There's not too many that literally ask, should I quit school for Fortnite? But they do pop up every now and then. And I think it's a really difficult one. Like you need to reach a certain level where you're confident and you're correctly confident that you can actually go pro. Yeah. Like some people that say these things there, they're just like, you know, they're placing 3,000th in the FNCS or whatever. And like, shall I quit school? Because that's what I need to get to the next level and well the answer is no you know you um, shouldn't quit school <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> well, um, when, not when you're placing like that do you have the statistics statistics on when you should quit school <laughs> no <laughs> like when but when it makes sense i mean i think it would it would make sense when you're it it partly also depends on your school performance i think so if you're a high achiever at school you probably should consider more strongly just carrying on in education but if it's really not going that well and you would have left school at like 16 anyway to go and get, I don't know, apprenticeships or start your career from that age, then, you know, that's a very reasonable point to try out Fortnite for a while, if, especially yeah. if parents are going to support you. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, there's there's not that many people that can actually be full-time Fortnite pros. Yeah, there's only, um, a, yeah, there's only a specific... You know, like a space in the scene for the best. Yeah, that. I mean, in, in EU, you need to be like a... I mean, to, to make enough money to support yourself properly, you're probably looking at being like a top 50 player in EU, right? Yeah. Something like that. Um, 
So yeah, there's not a lot of space given that there's like 200k comp players in EU. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. not so that easy. Top 50. Someone um, someone in the question asked, are you good at chess? Uh, no, not good at chess. I I so, tell you boys, you have yeah. another talent though, don't you? Well, yeah. Tell everyone so about tell your talent. You, well, I'll tell you one. Firstly, I'll tell you why I'm terrible at chess. Well, one of the reasons is that I've never tried properly at it, and that's because I have a very addictive personality when it comes to hobbies. Um, and I know that if I get into chess, then it will just take over my life. Um, so, yeah, and you know, I, so what was I saying? Yeah, as you were saying, I used to be into a different hobby, which was competitive speed cubing. Um, that was, yeah, I did that from like 2009. I started competing in that. So before some of you guys were born, probably. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I was sort of really competitive for at least five years in that. So speed cubing is solving Rubik's cubes really fast. If people don't understand yeah. what I'm talking about. Don't you have the world um, record in something? So yeah, I did set world records back in 2011 and 2012. Um, and those have been beaten since, of course. Um, and yeah, basically I was a, you know, world-class competitive speed cuber for several years and then, yeah, moved more into like becoming a bit more of a hobby as it went on. Once I was done, like achieving everything I wanted to. Yeah. Did, well, sort of didn't, didn't you have the record for like blind speed cubing? Um, yes, it was. Have I just ruined the story? No, no. <laughs> it was blind. Yeah, blind speed cubing. So this yeah, man yeah. would get a, get a Rubik's cube. Um, obviously, put a, put a blindfold on and then solve it. And he was the best in the world at doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Are you still the best in the world for the blind? Definitely not. No. Definitely not. I haven't even solved a cube blind for like years now. Um, yeah, I sort of achieved everything I wanted to do in that, and then just kind of moved on. And then Fortnite has taken over these days. Yeah. Fair jobs and stuff um yeah i think there's quite a few parallels to draw because you know speed keeping was also dominated by teenagers it was a very similar demographic in fact it was just like anybody from about well actually it's even younger because there's no age lower age limit in speed keeping so you can get world-class speed cubers that are like eight or nine years old really um, yeah the the current world record holder is eight or nine i can't remember which Jesus, and how does it feel to be built, yeah. built beat by a nine-year-old? <laughs> Little rat. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, yeah, I mean, it sounds bad, but in the end, what I think is that they actually have a big advantage because really? they, like, younger people just have way faster, um, like, brain processing speed, and also just the ability to get uh, a lot more dexterity and fast twitch fibers built into their hands. So starting young is actually a massive advantage in things like that. You know, it's just like Fortnite. Like, if someone starts playing Fortnite when they're like thirty years old, they're just never going to have the mechanics of like a thirteen-year-old. They just they just can't process things as fast, and yeah. they can't they can't. So when would you say yeah. it's time to hang up the boots for me then? <laughs> when? Uh, hmm. Never. Never give up. <laughs> yeah, I never. Give up. never. <laughs> Everyone's saying take the. Hit. Well, unless uh, unless Jalen beats you. <laughs> yeah. Never, mate. It's uh, never going to happen, right? No, never. What well, the statistics on that? It's just unlikely. Uh, someone said, "Ask him his IQ." <laughs> um, I mean, IQ is a measure of how good you are at IQ tests, as everyone knows. 
it does correlate with intelligence in a lot of other areas. Um, but I don't know, like, I, I think my IQ would be pretty high because I have very good pattern recognition and all these sorts of things that you need for IQ. But who cares in the end? It's how, how, how good you are at what things that actually matter in life, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope I'm relatively good at the things I choose to do. So. Yeah, fair, brilliant answer. Coming on to the next topic, what are the most important attributes you need to go pro? Um, to go pro, I think, well, firstly, leading on from what we just said, you need to be kind of young when you start. Honestly, if I think if somebody starts when they're over 20, they're, they're very, very little chance Wait, of reaching. How old are you? Yeah. Uh, well, first year of uni, I started playing. That would have been when I was 18. Like 18. Yeah, but okay. I never really I'm... started until yeah. I was 20, really. Like, I played, but I quit. And... Yeah. I mean, I would say that's probably about on the limit of yeah. you ever becoming, like, a mechanical god. Yeah. So the thing is, like, mechanics is not the only thing you need in Fortnite and brain speed or whatever. You also need, like, general strategy and intelligence in the game, right? Yeah. So those are things that older people might be better at, naturally. Yeah. Um, but I always want to be young. But, I've never, I've never ever really wanted to be really clever, I, you know. I would seriously, I would seriously doubt that you would ever win like an edit course world championship or something. Yeah, not even you know, if I like sat in there for twelve hours a day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, if other people practice as much as you, then oh, yeah, like yeah. younger people are just going to have an inherent advantage. There's going to be oh. some. There's going to be some twelve-year-old that's just way too fast for you. Yeah, I'm actually um, finished. I hate being told this. <laughs> I hate being told this because I'm always like, oh, I can, I can be good, you know. I, I still can be very oh, but good, you, but well, yeah, forget how old I'm. That's I'm the like thing. To to become a an FNCS champion, thankfully, you don't need to be an edit course world champion. So yeah. it's not over, but it will be more difficult in some areas for you, and you need to excel over other people in in the other areas where you can. Um, right. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I think yeah, it's not a hard and fast rule, but. I think there's there is a reason why you don't see that many twenty year olds and that I think just age is one of those yeah. on top of Fortnite. Well everyone's um, kind of the best players in the world are kind of turning twenty now, aren't they? Like they're turning yes. eighteen because they've okay, played so, for years. So that's another interesting thing. I think that if you start young, then you carry it through age a lot better than older players do. Mm -hmm. So I think if you build up those fast twitch brain whatever you call it, nerves and the, the finger coordination, all that when you're young, then you can retain it way, way better yeah. than, than people who just start when they're old. Because like, that's the, because when you're in your teenage years and younger, that's when you can, when you're like more, uh, what do they call it? Plastic, moldable, whatever. Yeah. You know how they say like little kids are just the best at learning languages because their yeah, brain is so, so like, quick. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, so, so starting early helps yeah. and I think yeah when they get older they won't lose much in terms of mechanics or anything um, but Queasy just yeah. turned 21 how long do you think he has left I think he'll stay at the top as long as he stays motivated do you think you because can be it, like 30 it, it, years old and still be like if they just keep playing they'll, they'll, they'll still be the best um, yeah. be like the CSGO players right yeah I think I think in Fortnite you can still stay pretty much at the top um if you built it up from a young age, because you, like I said, you don't need to be the mechanical god to, to win things. Um, and we know, you know, Queasy's just not known for having crazy mechanics. Obviously, they're good, but um, yeah, 
other attributes you need to go pro, I'd say one of the most important things is just um, the people you're around. There's no way you're going pro if you're just grinding by yourself um, because you need that encouragement and the people to practice with you. Yeah. You can't, I mean, there is obviously, you can go into creative, you can load into random public matchmaking 2v2s, but it's just not going to be as good as just knowing other people in your friend group and playing with them and pointing out each other's mistakes and all that stuff. So um, I'd say who you're around is a big factor and that's not always something you can control either. Like maybe you just can't find the right friend group. Yeah. Or you just have, you know, really good friends that you don't want to abandon, but they're just not great for you at helping you. Um, yeah. But they're still really good personal friends. You're just kind of in that group, but it's not going to make you go pro. Um, Interesting. Yeah. The next. What, what do you? I mean, what do you think? What's the most important attribute for you? To go pro. Yeah. This the amount of time you put into the game. Just time. Yeah, I think it's just yeah. if you just if I mean obviously at, at the very top, um, you know I, I mean the people at the very top have been playing for years. They're putting yeah. in so much time. I think if you have no other responsibilities and you wake up mm. and you outgrind everyone else. At, at the end of the day, the genetics become you know a little less relevant. Um, obviously, yeah. still being relatively quick and you know relative, you know, but you, but I I think it's just time. That's, that's what I think. Um, yeah, I do think yeah for sure that's a, a really important thing. If you don't put in the time, you're not going pro. Yeah, like if you were to compare like yeah. the amount of scrims Taysen has played versus like a tier two over the years, you know when Taysen first came out of you know when he first began. Being a top player in the world, he used to play solo customs all day. Um, yeah. He's probably played, you know, he might have played 20,000 more customs. I don't know about that many, but, but how are you ever meant to beat him, you know? Um, that's what I think, anyway. How, do, how much do you think genetics play a role? Genetics? Um, I think they play a big role in terms of influencing how good you are at improving. Yeah. In terms of. Okay, so. How to phrase this? Okay, let's say somebody's bad at uh, knowing how to improve, bad at VOD reviewing themselves or something. You could say that's genetics, right? Because that's like personality and mindset and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's like what actually comes under genetics and what doesn't. Because in the end, everything you do is defined by your genetics, kind of. Yeah, right? I get you. Yeah, I understand <laughs> so, what you're saying, yeah. Just like if you, if you have the wrong genes that makes you kind of lazy and just you can't be bothered to grind the game then then genetics is stopping you from becoming a pro or is it just laziness or is or is that the same thing yeah it's, I, that's actually a really then, interesting point it's, it's laziness and genetic yeah i guess it is and then just like you know mechanical skill in your fingers coordination whatever is that yeah that's kind of genetics as well but it's also it can also be trained so in the end everything is just a mix of like it just depends on what you want to call genetics and what you don't. In my yeah. Opinion. yeah, fair. fair <laughs> Bit of a wishy washy answer. No, very but... good point. Actually, really interesting. Um, mm. Yeah, what are the stats of someone going from OC to EU and being a pro? I mean, let's broaden that out a little bit and speak about the regions and how, you yeah. know, how much does uh, your region affect your skill cap? How good could you be on a bad region? You know? mm. what do, you think? Would you, do you have any data on that? Um, 
I mean, we basically have no data comparing regions because there are just no tournaments that cross regions. So it's a big issue that you just can't really solve. Like all we have is one World Cup, one FNCS Invitational, yeah. and like three teams that have ever moved regions or something. Um, but I mean, the limited data that there is from that kind of implies that the regions do have a massive skill gap. Like we haven't, I don't think we've seen like an OC player place in the top half even or something in the World yeah. Cup and the Invitational. Like, yeah. it's pretty telling. And that's, you know, for any, you could kind of say like in Fortnite tournaments, any, almost anything can happen, like in six, 12 games. But for the OC boys, it's just never happened. You're like, well, maybe they're just bad. Yeah, Sons of Vortex <laughs> full dotted when they came to EU. Do you remember Sons yeah. of Vortex came and they uh, they won v one two v two Mirabino mate and they got absolutely oh, right. they got smoked. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean that's not to say nobody can come out of those regions and be really good because I mean we've seen it on like Asia like Sweden and Shimoki are really impressing on EU now, mm-hmm. and I w- I wouldn't be surprised if like Zago and uh, Pepo from Asia they could also place pretty well on a multi region tournament, but it is I think a lot harder for them because they just don't have the practice. Like yeah. they're practicing in, I mean, I don't think they even have OCE scrims properly running these days, but if they did, then they're basically playing in like a, a lobby that looks like a, I don't know, like a, a top 7,500 lobby in EU or something. It's ridiculous. Like the skill gap between the top and the bottom, like the top players and OCE can drop 30 bombs in grands probably if they really tried yeah. Not every time, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah they're just never going to have quite that level of lobby they're never going to be forced to they're also not having to work that hard to stay on top so a lot of them probably getting lazy naturally yeah like oh if you don't practice for two years we'll still be top five in the region (laughs) so like it's hard to motivate themselves yeah Um, that's actually a really good point there their motivation is less because they're the best in a bad region and they can chill and be the best Whereas in EU, it's constantly, you know, mm. the, com- the competition is constantly, you know, improving and changing. Um, yeah. Yeah, coming on to the next point, what is stopping Fortnite from being a top-tier eSport? Um, so, it's not prize pool, because prize pools are pretty big compared to every other eSport, right, still, even though everyone says it's constantly decreasing. Mm-hmm. If you look at the amounts they offer in the big tournaments... And just generally week to week, it's just as much as any other esports still. So I think we can probably rule that out. Yeah. Uh, one, I mean, one big difference is like the whole organization of it, right? Other esports are run through teams mostly. Um, I think there are some exceptions to there being like orgs in esports, but it's pretty rare. And basically, all the big ones are run through orgs, right? Um, and that just gives you so much stability. Um, and so what by stability, I mean, like, we know what's coming and which players are going to play when and with who for the next year, right? Yeah. Like, they have a roster of five players in CSGO and those players pretty much pl- play together for the entire year, almost every time. And for those players, they know that is that's literally their job is to be a player on that team for that year. Yeah. And that just provides the level of stability that you just don't get in Fortnite, where orgs are coming and going, like somebody signs for an org and then 
even sign for a big org and then they're, they're just out of the org within like three months. So like what on earth is going on? What do yeah. they even do with the org? Were they just signing contracts for free money? Did the orgs even care? Maybe not because they get nothing out of Fortnite right now. Um, so, you know, I, I do think that this org idea is kind of necessary for Fortnite to take that step up to a tier one esport. Now, whether Epic want to do that, it kind of implies so far they don't really care about that. Yeah. And I'm not sure they want to take it to be similar to other tier one esports. I think they do want competitive Fortnite to exist and they like uh, what it brings to the game and how they can showcase their game through it. But their aim is not to become the next CSGO. Right. So... (laughs) That's the feeling I get anyway, just from the direction they move. Um, you know, and we've seen like recently the, the direction that Epic are taking, which is UEFN. In yeah. the end, Fortnite is going to become, already has become, basically a showcase of um, what Epic Games technology is. Yeah. Fortnite is, while it is still their big moneymaker, their plan is not to be that in the future. You know, they want to be the company that provides UEFN and Unreal Engine and all that. And that is going to be their biggest product. And Fortnite is just the prototype that showed the world how good Epic Games is at this stuff. Yeah, um, of course. Do you think competitive has been like a... Because it's massively watched, do you think that they're kind of trying to show their engine through um, competitive? So they're like putting all these items out and these new mechanics and stuff... But the sliding, um, the breaking down of trees that came in, that kind of stuff, it's also just an advertisement, right, for their for their coding. Yeah, I mean, if they never changed the game anymore, then they wouldn't be, they would have nothing to showcase. They'd just be like, oh, we built this game three years ago. It's still here. Yeah, right. You know, now they add more and more things, and they just showcase how games... But they're not really fast about how competitive moves. They're more, they're, they more so, care about... Yeah. Yeah, so potentially the... Some people at the core of the Epic business may not care that much about competitive, but they do obviously have a competitive team within Epic, and those people care very much. Obviously, their problem is coming up against other priorities in the business. Yeah. So they can say some things, and then the business says, well, that's not good for the business, so we're not going to do that. And then the competitive guys are like, yeah. Now the community's going to complain and insult us all over Twitter, and they know it's coming. But there's very little they can do about it if if the big dogs don't want it. Yeah, yeah, I um, understand. Yeah, which I think, yeah, I mean, that kind of brings us on to the, the whole comp Discord, comp Discord thing as well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I was li- do anything. <laughs> so I was listening to the one with DJ last week. Did um, you listen to that live or did you listen to that afterwards? I listened to it afterwards. Um, oh. And... Uh, yeah, so basically the consensus between the two of you is that the comp discord is useless and does nothing, um, which I would disagree with. Um, really? Yes, absolutely. What and, do you think they do? I mean, maybe you can trust me because I'm in it and I see <laughs> what happens in there. Yeah. Um, so what they do do is they do collect a lot of useful community perspectives and they can communicate that to everyone else in the comp team. What they can't do is force the decisions. Yeah. Like I was saying, because that's not always what 
the epic business once. Um, and they also just can't, you know, fix a bug the next day because that's just not how game development works. So I understand. what we can do is make sure they understand what the priorities are and they can push those viewpoints forward to the people higher up than them. And many things have changed due to the comp discord, actually. I can't say anything about yeah. what has been done because we do actually sign NDAs, unlike what uh, DJ thought. Oh, um, really? Yeah. We do have to sign an NDA. So I can't yeah. really say what, exactly what's been said, but I don't know. All I can do is hope that people trust it does something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I think what, what the community have an issue with is like... Um... Yeah, give of, me an example. Right, okay, so every single week for weeks, for literally since Zero Builds have been a thing, cheaters have ruined it, taking money off mm -hmm. people, they're getting paid out, they're being yeah. reported in the Discord, nothing is happening. Even while you have a clip of a live cheat hacking, nothing's happening. And that has gone on for weeks and hasn't been fixed. Um, the mm -hmm. game doesn't feel very bug tested. They feel like they just throw out these new updates and um, there doesn't seem to be much bug testing going on. Considering like the hammer was bugged for months, you know, and... Okay, so so one of the problems with bugs, okay, is that when you bug test, they probably find 90% of the bugs. We just never see them, so it just looks like all the bugs are there when they release them. But they've probably already removed 90% of them. So let's say, like, hammer bug. I mean, but if you'd have played... When you mean you... hammer bug, do you mean the one there the, was so the wall replace? Like, well, drop there, and wall no, replace? No, there were, there were so many bugs with the hammer. Um, and if you used the hammer for more than five minutes, you would have run into a bug. Like there was, there was uh, dying of fall damage, wasn't there? Uh, can we get some hammer bugs in chat? Yeah, like you would hammer, like. I don't remember that. <laughs> was it dying of fall damage chat? Give me some hammer bugs where you can't sprint. Yeah, the one where you can't walk or sprint. Oh yeah. Start. Yeah. Um, hammer slide, POV slow walking, the stuttering one, sprint sure. bug slide. But you didn't get the walk one like all the time. Like one, like once sure, we saw the game, clips. I would say once every game. No. Definitely. Each player was getting it once a game. No way. Mm. I don't think so. What do you think, chat? I don't think it was anywhere near that common. 100% once per game. I mean, perhaps, yeah, died to full damage. Three out of ten games. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know for certain. But I'm, 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 pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they do a lot of bug testing. But one oh, of the yeah. problems they have is that they only have a small number of people to bug test it on, right? Because yeah. they don't want to release it to anybody in the community. So you have some random people, none of whom are probably comp players as well, so they're using things in completely different ways. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, you end up with bugs. Like that. yeah. That's the thing. Um, and what also probably happens is like they have a set date for certain content to come out, especially if they have collaborations with other brands yeah. or items. And inevitably, deadlines get way too close and things just don't get tested enough. Like, I'm pretty sure this would happen and this happens in like every other game if they were changing things every week. Most yeah. games just don't change things that fast. So, so okay. Um, so cut them a bit of slack, is what you're saying. And then, yeah, as, as for like fixing the bugs, they just can't push fixes all the time because they have like set dates for updates. So, for example, like the brick bug, yeah, that was came in last week. Um, I'm pretty sure they just have to wait till next week 
Yeah. Like, I assume the next major update is next week. I don't know. Um, because they just probably they probably just can't hotfix it. Yeah. This week was just like a hotfix thing. So they were aware of it, obviously, the day that it happened. Um, and we make sure that they're aware of it in the comp discord. And they say, yeah, we're aware of it. This happens like constantly. Just like, this is the bug. And they're like, yeah, thanks. Yeah. And you give it some examples. We give them some examples, some game codes, some game logs. And they pass it on to the bug team or whatever. And then they communicate right, when -ish it might be fixed. Um, fair enough. Well, maybe I should cut them some slack then. Yeah, I mean, in the end, like it is problems in the game are somebody's fault, obviously. But it's like, whose fault is it? People obviously like to blame the first people that they know, like the frontline people, yeah. for example, Hogman. So you're or... saying me Hogman has nothing to do with it. So, well, if you look at what... So, so every time I'm screaming Hogman's name because I've died because I can't edit a wall. Well, that's the thing, like Hogman's job is a community, what is it, community coordinator kind of thing, right? So his job is basically to gather feedback from the community and pass it on. It's not his fault that there's bugs in the game or that things aren't getting but, fixed. Not in the slightest. Yeah. So when the Elite Cups were on... <laughs> Definitely not I, his I, fault. I dropped him a message when the Elite Cups were on to try and yeah. explain to him why the Elite Cups might be bad for viewership and how maybe some suggestions to improve it. And uh, I got full ignored. Yeah, so that no communication, that is very much just like a corporate thing. Oh, really? Like you can't big corporation like this they don't want people uh saying anything unless it's like been approved by the company right yeah so obviously you would appreciate you know a quick thank you or something and yeah i think it would be nice if people did sometimes reply with things like that but um i'm not surprised that they don't always answer to everything yeah because they just don't want to say anything that could get them in literally trouble. legal trouble so Fair point that is just going to happen sometimes. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> um, yeah. Right, I think we should finish this off with who do you think is going to win this next FTS? Uh, who's going to win this season? Yeah. I mean, oof. I think it's going to be boring answer, but Queasy and Vino are going to win. Brilliant. Listen, boys, this has been uh, this has been probably the best podcast yet. Uh, it's been a brilliant insight into who you are as a person and the analytics around Fortnite statistics. Fortnite as a company, mate, it's been fantastic. Is there anything more you want to add? Uh, no, I don't think so. Thanks for having me on. It's good fun. Love love chatting about Fortnite. Yeah, I'm me sure. too. I'm sure there's a hundred more topics. Yeah, that we could talk about. But yeah, maybe we no could, time for that. Yeah, we've got the old boot cup. <laughs> I, I oh, mean, yeah. maybe we could have you on for another episode if we made a specific episode, you know, about a specific topic. I think that'd be good. Um, but we can have yeah. a think on that. Yeah. So not next week. Wouldn't wouldn't want to bore chat with my face too much. Yeah, we'll get, we'll leave it a week. <laughs> we'll skip a week. <laughs> right. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah. No problem. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. 
Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.